This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. What's up, my little maggots? That's not me being offensive. If you don't know what a maggot is, then why are you listening to this episode of the podcast? How's everyone doing out there in internet world? What have I been doing? Been working on new merch. There's probably some up right now at www.thedownbe.at. So it says the downbeat. Um, we got tanks, literal tanks on tank tops. You know, there's a gorilla deadlifting on top of a tank with corpse paint on, and it says Blast Beats. We got the original T-shirt that says Blast Beats on the back. There's a lot of Blast Beat merch, because I love me a Blast Beat. Go check that out. I'm going to stop plugging stuff, I reckon. What else have I been doing? Just podcasts, really. Hanging around. Stray from the Path isn't on tour until... December? So, you know, I'm just sort of sat on my ass doing nothing uh, we are touring before then but it's not been announced so I've got to pretend that we're not you know how it is um, you can still get tickets for that December tour though onlydeathisreal.com and uh, the fortune teller single came out if you haven't checked that out go and check that out again if you haven't checked that out why are you listening to this I know why you're listening to this if you haven't checked out my band it's because you like the band Slipknot and my guest is from Slipknot V-Man, he's an old friend of mine, we've known each other for a while and it just so happens now he plays the bass in Slipknot and I had to call in that friend favour, hey mate, come on my podcast, go on, it'll be fun, I went round his, we had a lovely chat, he cooked me a fantastic Italian meal, god I can't believe it, it was like I was in a restaurant, I think his dad used to own an Italian restaurant, so he sort of learned all the tricks. Not just a pretty mask. Anyway, Alessandro Ventruella, a.k.a. V-Man. As I've already said, he plays the bass in Slipknot. He's done that for a while now. We talked about the brand new album, We Are Not Your Kind, which came out on August the 9th. We talked about the recording process. It's a different world being in a band that size. So I was pretty eager to learn about the recording process. Like, do you still do demos? Does someone Is someone sat at home on a computer? Or do you all meet up? You know, I wanted to know. We talk about how on earth someone goes from being a British guitarist slash guitar tech to being the bassist in one of, if not the biggest metal band in the world. Which, you know, is an unlikely story. And, you know, I relate to it a bit because I'm also British in an American band. So we talk about what we like about America, touring America, as British people, mate. That, of course, is my impression of an American person doing an impression of a British accent. I really appreciate him taking the time to talk to me because he's just embarked on a gigantic US tour until September. Then in October, they're doing Australia with Metallica. We talk about that for a bit because we both love Metallica because if, if you don't love Metallica, again, just turn this podcast off. 
Um, and then they're doing South America in November, and then UK and Europe in 2020. The TBC. But, you know, that's a long amount of touring. So we talk about how gruelling tour can be at the various different levels because, funnily enough, Straight From The Path and Slipknot are not the same size band. Anyway, I hope you enjoy it. V-Man on the Downbeat Podcast. Hello. Hi. <laughs> does, uh, does everyone in your band call you V-Man? Uh, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. No, That's it, not me starting with a question straight away, but I don't know if just all the good people from back in the day call you V-Man or it's actually your nickname globally. Well, I think globally it's recognised. I think, well, the, when I was a kid, everyone called me V-Man and I think it stuck. Even sometimes my mum and dad would call me V-Man. But with the band, I don't know, you probably get the odd Alex... But I mean, normally it's just a nod or a, a grunt. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, hang on, you said when you were a kid, people called you V Man. Yeah. Like how young? I don't know. Surely it should be V Child. V Child, no. I can't remember. V Kid. I can't remember who the first was that said it, but it's definitely since I was really young. V Man, though, at an age where you were a child. Okay, I mean, maybe like teens. Still being called a man. Yeah. It must have been quite it's been good forever. for the... It's been forever. I always like find like an old email or something. And some Every like, now and then, like I keep mix, mixing up, finishing with Alex or V-Man. And someone's like, what should I call you actually, V-Man or Alex? It's an, it's then, an, it's an absurd nickname. Yeah. and then I it, love it. Then when I was in the industry teching, then people would always be like, oh, how do you uh, want to be called? And I think I just got to the point, I was like, fuck it, it's just V-Man. Do you, know what, do you know, architects used to call me... When I first started working for Architects, they used to call me Mini V Man. Mini V. Because I had tattoos and I was a liability. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's why they started calling me that. It was, like, it was just like we got, like, V Man's gone and we've just got another one, but he's a drum tech. Yeah, Mini V. Yeah, that makes sense. It was good, though. Yeah, was, I mean, back in the day, teching, that was. I did a lot of fuck ups. At the beginning, but what was the biggest fuck up you ever done? I don't know. It was like silly shit. I remember when I was with Charlie when he was he just finished doing Busted. I think we were doing like some festival with Fight Star somewhere in England. It was one of those weird Scottish ones where tea in the park or something like that. Do they still do that? Tea I think so. Oh really? Oh, okay. I feel like in that side of the music industry, there's always these festivals that I never. I mean, once you're in the metal ones, you just concentrate on them. You never think that there's anything else apart from... What did you do with... What did you fuck up? You fuck up big on stage? Yeah, I think... So where is it? Tea in the park. And we had all day, but I think I just dicked around and drank all the rider. This is why they called me Mini V. Forgot to restring guitars. Panicked. Because I was like, oh, shit. Can I do it in 10 minutes? (laughs) You know, shit went wrong, didn't, you know, but then I got, I think I got scolded for that one. So this but is... They never, oh, I never got fired. They they gave me another chance. So this is what, I mean, this is probably about six or seven questions deep, but I'm just going to escalate it to now because it works. So we were both techs, yep. massively nerdy 
probably in our fields, guitarist and drummer, the nerdiest people we know in terms of like gear. Yeah. So we naturally started out as techs, but then also there's this sort of a must party and <laughs> yeah, I'm in the band, but I'm not in the band mentality. And eventually, here we are in two bands. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's been a maturity. I've got, I got more. Well, let's just say I got the the progression as being a professional tech came kind of quick because you were letting people down and that feeling was shitty so it's i slowly learned my lesson quick so it wasn't you know i think you know but there's those days where you're kind of oh i want to party with the band but if i do that I've got to be up really early to set up all their oh, gear. It's the worst, isn't it? It's the worst. The band can sleep in. Yeah, I mean, even like with Mastodon, I would pay Darren Sanders, who's now my tech. He's also one of my best mates. <coughs> I mean, I would, I'd give him my day's wage and I'd just sleep in my bunk till like <laughs> six really? o'clock, yeah. That's so fucking funny. Because <laughs> I was so hungover. <laughs> So you go out partying with the band. Yeah. And then you'd be, you would pay, what, did, what was his job? He was like stage manager, but he was also like Troy and Bill's tech, stage left. And I was stage right. And you was, would just pay him. Yeah, to, I'd just be like, there's 100 bucks or something. I'd be like, I'm not getting up. And tour manager would be like, well. Uh, the job's getting done. Well, Brent would be like, I'm not going to, I don't give a fucking shit. Yeah, yeah he doesn't seem like the, the day when the band, I mean, I wouldn't get him to do like my actual gig, like in the sense of restringing like my guitar. In yeah, he'd just do like loading and I'd turn up and be like, whoops. That's the dream. Yeah, but I mean, so that was like once every blue moon. So what? You know, you don't have to go back to teching, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you said that as if like, actually I might need to go back to teching. Uh, you're in the biggest metal band in the world. Um, so well, hang on, what's the? Let's talk about the timeline. So there's there might be a bit of a jumping around for stories because yeah. there's so many bloody stories. So there's V V Child V Child and then V Child. Filled in for Viatrophy. Yes. When I wasn't in Viatrophy. No. But I went on that tour for some of it for Job for a Cowboy. Was it Job for a Cowboy? Job for a Cowboy. On, who were those weird kids that were following us around all the time? Do you remember them? That so blonde many. one that was always hanging around with Bailey. Granny. Granny, that's the <laughs> one. <laughs> they like smashed up some girls. House. It was like some house party. It was like, yeah, we didn't have anything to do with that. that no, was, we didn't. That was other people. That was other people. Um, so, and then there, so this is, we're still V Child at this point. Mm. But the, I think that's how I got to know you. Yep. We're talking that's two thousand six. That tour was two thousand six. I think that's when we got. Did we know each other? But kind of before or not? I don't know. I, I think my, maybe from just being. Virtuoso musicians yeah, on like, myspace.com. Oh, that's that fucking twat with that stupid guitar rig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I remember. Yeah, it was. It was like loading in to the King's Tavern Reading yeah. with your fucking massive flight case. Yeah. Like diesel diesels, fucking eight string guitars. But this is what I, this is what I like when I do drum clinics. There's like a section of it where I talk about. I do like a Q and A, and it's yeah. always like. How come you're in a band now? <laughs> like, how come you're in a band? And it was because I was the nerd 
with all the like yeah. even back then like you were turning up to play to three people with a full diesel rig and eight string guitar and yeah. like just because you loved the equipment and you loved playing yeah and then it gets to the point where word gets round yeah like oh who could, like we needed a, well I say we but I wasn't in the band then but I actually needed a guitarist and yeah. it was like well who's that twat with the fucking massive rig because yeah. he obviously knows what he's doing well I mean I mean but then again there's a lot of people that with massive twat rigs that don't know what they're doing I mean, oh, true there's a lot of that now massive twat rig is but then, like a again, real that's thing like saying well who thinks that I'm the best I mean you know I'm not it's one of those I don't know I don't I I'd always spent a lot of money on gear. I didn't come from a rich family or anything like that. I mean, they did all right, but I'd always just keep selling. I'd always buy something and then sell something to get something better. And it would not that, do you know what I mean? Del Boy. Well, yeah, Del, there's Del Boy music. I'd always, and I regret selling a bunch of shit, but you'd kind of go up and up and up and up the, you know, once you made a bit of money on a profit and a bit of gear, you'd buy a bit. Sell of a bit. Yeah. Get something better. And you must have sculled through drums like so crackers. Many, yeah. So many And then you think kits. about those ones that you sold, and you're like, fucking, oh. why'd I do that? But yeah, no, and then, I don't know, yeah, I just always had silly gear, but that was always because it sounded great. It wasn't because it looked crazy. And it was silly back then, but now your silly gear back then is now a normal local band opener, eight-string guitar. Yeah, everyone's got fucking in-ears playing in front of, like, 200-cap venues. I was like... I used All right, to- let's take it down from 200. <laughs> let's say 50-cap. I'm playing some 200-caps, mate. <laughs> I mean, it's crackers. It's, like, I don't know. I just, that's, uh, that's, I don't know. That's another topic completely, but... No, let's stay on the topic. I like... No, but yeah, I mean, gear, the gear is one of those things that when we when we were growing up, we rehearsed in my parents' front room and it was, and it was a uh, disclaimer, by the way, this is uh, my dog making loads of fucking noise. Yeah, your dog's going nuts. Um, yeah, it was, you know, we didn't have any monitors or anything like that, so you'd have to kind of play as loud as you could to fight each other I, f- I feel like when you play kind of like that you pick up a different technique or different style it's a different style but it's also I don't know like it's like Motorhead if you gave them in-ears you know if they were still around today I don't think they'd ever it'd be weird imagine that Motorhead with a click yeah it'd just, <laughs> it'd just be fucking shit we got right, we got main stage running Lemmy oh, Ab- Ableton Live <laughs> a- Ableton's running for the light show um, but you know what I mean it's that kind of thing so I grew up around that so like when I first was in you know Slipknot it was the first well no I had in ears before teching because it was like well, I'd only have like the guitar in there so it wasn't like enjoyable it wasn't like I was had a fucking front of house mix going oh this is great so Does Slipknot played with a click? no nothing no songs no songs to a click we we did on the last album cycle, start playing with the idea of set tempos and then starting the songs with a click. And then, but you know, like, there's so much push and pull in the band that it's it's almost, I feel like it would just be sterile. It's oh, not. That makes me feel really sorry for Jay. Well, it's, I mean, it's just, you know, like when you listen to Eyeless or something like that, you know, you know, it's like, that is the right song, isn't it? <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I just said a fart for a sec um, you know like that sometimes it can be like duh, 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 you know like it could change whenever you want or however you feel like it or so I feel like if you had a click playing it would just sound fucking 
Yeah. Pants. But, yeah, for you, but for the drummer, that must be such a nightmare for it being different every night. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's just him. That's, I think that's his style of drumming. That's his way of playing. And I think that's how Slipknot's always been. So. Have we talked about what I've done? I've talked about it on the podcast loads. but Me. Me? Uh, yeah, hang on. Me. Because <laughs> um, I wanted to play to a click, but yeah. we got the same thing. We got all these ups and downs. So I just w- recorded a whole set. Yeah. Like with a GoPro. And then I programmed a click that goes, woo. All over the fucking shop. Yeah. So then I can practice at home what's going to happen on stage, but it's not like 180 the whole way through. It's like 180, this bar is at 170, this bar is at 182. It's a fucking nightmare. It took forever. Yeah. And I don't know if it's going to work yet because <laughs> I haven't tried it live yet. Well, I mean, Dan, Lord Ford in sixth, you know, he does, his is crackers. He's got like... One and a two and a three and a four, and he's like him talking, and he's like going one, two. Oh, before sections, yeah. But and like, stuff. I'm like, I'm like, how the, and especially playing, and he doesn't have any guitars in his ear or anything. It's just him, and a click track. So I don't know how. But then that's you know people are different. That's weird, isn't yeah. it? Because that's like you're not even playing a show. Well, yeah, I feel like now he might have a little bit of guitar bleed, but I don't. I'm, when I was working for him or just being friends and hanging around with him from the beginning it was like no it was just him and a click track i had matt from periphery on here and he plays to a scratch guitar live really click and a scratch guitar none of what's actually happening but they all to click though because now nolly's not yeah the whole the whole thing's to a click they got um but he's just playing a scratch guitar misha could be playing fucking happy birthday and he doesn't know he wouldn't know i don't know i don't know i don't know about that but then against horses for courses i mean it's different strokes different strokes different strokes i went off piece then i was doing the timeline do these all just normally jump around oh this is the most unprofessional podcast in the world that's good Twenty thousand. listeners then you know it's genuine a month Hundred thirty-eight thousand total you know if you're if you're a maggot and you don't know who the fuck i am i'm gonna add something to the beginning of this which sort of promotes me more <laughs> so i can sort of you know get some of you in to the downbeat podcast crew you know buy a t-shirt or whatever and you'll L- get you'll get you'll also get a bunch of people going the bass player's english I still, oh yeah I, I get it all the time as well i still get that to this day they still don't know i'm english and then they're like the name alessandro are you italian i am italian and then they go but i mean but how do you practice as if fucking aeroplanes don't exist. <laughs> but whoa, whoa, whoa. The bassist is English. I do a lot. Then of, they don't practice. A lot of flying. People imagining Slipknot getting together every Saturday afternoon for a, for a fucking practice. I'm off in my parents' front room. <laughs> in your parents' front room. Everyone. Brown V-mans. V-childs. I kind of would really love to do a small gig, though, with how we are I think that would be amazing what's the smallest gig you've played with Slipknot I think it was in like Taipei maybe yeah it was in Taipei and uh, I think Um, it was only like 3,000 people that's a small gig for you I think it was free I could be talking shit but I'm pretty sure it was like a really small is anything under like 10,000 to you small yeah but then this is I was having this conversation with my girlfriend the other day Oh, love me. Um, if I don't have my glasses, well, I don't. I can't see once I take my glasses off, pretty much. So, like, all I can see is up until the security guards in the front row, pretty much, and the rest of the crowd just is a big blur. It's just like one. 
just a giant one of people. I can't Does that see. help for nerves or anything? Yeah, because I just walk on stage and I'm like, I'm playing this as some security and I just a can't blob. see anything. So and then obviously I've you know the lights and everything flashing around. Did you not think of maybe just sort of implementing some glasses into your mask? I was thinking about that, but then I was like, it's like when you go paintball, it would just steam up, and I'd be like, bugger. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because you could have done, like, gas mask style, but then made him prescription. Yeah. So you're not... We're, we're talking about Matt not playing... He's playing the guide guitars, no, but you're playing, you're playing to <laughs> nothing. You're playing to no eyes. No, I mean... It so who's really playing the show? We played a show the other day, and it was in Quebec, and it was quite light out, and I was just like, oh, fuck, look how many people are. It's amazing. Oh, I could, see, could, I could see, kind of yeah. see that one. But, like, download, it was... Was that a festival? Was that rock rock fest? Or... Yes, yeah. That was a fucking wicked festival. That was a great festival, and, like, the crowd were nuts. And it was, like, the first time I'd really seen on this run a lot of, like... It's been dark pretty much most of the places. Can you just move that closer to your mouth? Just... You know how to use one of those. Yeah, that's fine. Ooh, hello. Keep talking. Dark. It shows the dark. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I suppose there's like that adrenaline thing that I get, but I'm more worried about playing every note correctly. So I'm just so concentrating on playing everything. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. I'm like, you know, it's, and if I, and my bass is so loud in my ears... But like not loud, like it's distorting. Is it hard to go? Because I don't know. Because I'm a fucking drummer. Is it hard to go? Because you, you obviously before the child mm. was a guitarist. Yeah. Cry for silence. Yep. Great band. Dan, I, I Mumf- like to... Dan Mumford artwork. Before it was cool. In at the, in, <laughs> in at the deep end was it in at the deep end records? No, uh, Thirty days Vis- a night. Visible noise. Oh, visible noise. You were fucking. You were on it. <laughs> Big boy shit. No, they didn't really like our stuff. We had to kind of like beg them to release it. That was Pretty sick, much. though. But anyway, I, you were a guitarist. I was. Is it hard to play the bass if you're a guitarist, or is it actually quite easy? It depends how you approach the bass. How um, do you approach the bass? Because I'd grown up with James from Sick. Oh, I love Sick, 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 Sick. <laughs> but because um, I've always been, he's been like my oldest mate, pretty much. With Steve and Lags and all them lot. Um, and he's a phenomenal bassist. He's just a ridiculous bass. Probably the best me- metal bass player I've seen. I would agree. Yeah. I mean, it's Dave Ellison. He's pretty amazing. But he really is fucking nuts. He's Megadeth. Well, I don't know Megadeth, do I? Uh, Megadeth got a good bassist. Yeah, he's fucking crackers. Is he? Sorry, crackers, by the way, is crazy. I don't... Not the the American... Yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be weird. No. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. Um, so, I never knew that. Yeah. Has he's he always a, been with them? Yeah, Dave Ellison. Should I just know who he is and I don't? Yeah, he's a monster. Uh, there's great videos on YouTube of him. I think they're doing, uh, I can't remember what the show is, but like it's when Marty was still in the band. So it's. That's a lineup. Yeah. And Nick Menzer on on the old drums is he the guy that had the chains I can't remember who had someone in Megadeth 
one of the Megadeth drummers had his cymbal suspended by Oh, cans. yeah, he had that, yeah. He had that, that was sick. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was him. I feel like I know the Megadeth hits, but I should delve deeper. Because I, I mean, feel like I'd like it. Yeah. Tornado Souls is probably one of my favourite guitar solos of all time. That's how you got found out that you were in Slipknot, wasn't it? Because you're Megadeth, Megadeth on the, the and some little nerd, whoever you are, <laughs> <laughs> listening to this, was like, "Oh, that's actually." <laughs> I think it was probably someone that was in the industry because you know, some tech must have said something. Probably like, visible noise, <laughs> trying, trying to get back at you. <laughs> uh, I think that relationship died way before I even went ventured into Slipknot. So. Um. I've still I've I've gone off we went off piste with Where were we Megadeth. we were talking about periphery drum tracks live Your eyes My oh, eyes. approaching the bass approaching a approaching bass approaching the bass why how do you approach the bass This is a professional podcast people this is often number 1 in the music podcast okay <laughs> I know what I'm doing Um yeah so watching James play and all that stuff from life he just you know, he uses a pick. Oh, picks are for losers. Well, they're not. They're great. And they sound they, better. They sound Even I know great. that from when I used to record bands. You know, you could spend all day playing metal with your fingers and it does sound great for certain things, but I want to play tight metal and play down-picked and stuff like that. You need the frequency from a bit of plastic. A bit of plastic helps if you're playing as well, doing chopped in B. Has anyone Like ever... drop A with your fingers, just so it sounds like a big... Is that what tuning and Slipknot's in? Yes, yeah, so we've got drop A and we've got drop B. You know, that's low. It's Has anyone ever tried? Sorry, if this is a redundant question. Has anyone ever tried like inventing something? That, <laughs> do you know where I'm going to go with this? Like a little, <laughs> like little thimbles, thimbles, thimbles for your hands. But it means you play like play with your fingers, but it sounds like a pick. Like if you just dipped your hands in a can <laughs> in candle wax. Do you know what I mean? Like it makes a little hard plastic and yeah. you can just flop them off over And you can go... Yeah. Well, this is what we were talking about, technique. Like, the way... See, we're back on subject. I back know on subject. Doing. No, but it's true. The way that I approach it, the same as James, like he hits, he picks really hard. And what that does, the tonality, the, you know, it's just cuts through really well in the mix. If you play with a floppy pick down in B and you're going down picking and you're not really putting much effort in it but you're compressing the shit out of it it's just going to go pop, 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 pop. but if you're using like you know 0.88 or something like that you know if you want to use something else yeah, close I know, I know what that means I don't know about you listeners <laughs> but you know and you hit that and you is 0.88 how thick it is yeah, yeah Good, the gauge on. the gauge of the pick okay carry you on know, you're, and you're, the way you dig into it it completely changes the tone you know, that's why, why David Gilmore is such a fucking great guitar player is because he's got so many different dynamics of the way he plays. But because I'm playing metal, I'm not going to start dropping out into comfortably numb. So Imagine it, that. Imagine that, Do you yeah. reckon you'd get fired or do you reckon you'd get, <laughs> you'd get seriously scolded? Because the logistics of firing you would be so much work, but it's a really bad fuck-up to do. This, like, I don't, well, me, me, me and Clown always talk about Pink Floyd and how that's, like, our favourite in the world. Yeah, but I'm talking about, like, halfway through. Halfway through. I don't know. I like, mean, spit it out. I think Jim would probably like it as well. He'd probably join in or something. Probably get away with it. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, there's, you know, if that happens, then if anyone ever sees that, that's my fault. <laughs> I've got once, right? Imagine, do you reckon people with Tourette's? Yeah. If, and if, if anyone's got Tourette's listening, who's a musician, do you reckon that could oh, happen? Yeah. Like you could be playing, spit it, it out by Slipknot, and then your Tourette's kicks in, and suddenly you play. Wish you were here. Wish you were here. Fuck me. Because <laughs> I once, the only time in the world, well, the only time ever in my life, I was yeah. really hungover in Newbury. I was in the Kennett Centre, Newbury. Yeah. Right? It was four fifty-five p.m. It was about to close. It was only me and this woman at opposite sides of the mall. Yeah. She she dropped her keys. And for some reason, which has never happened before or since, I screamed, dropped your keys. Yeah. At her. Like, I just suddenly had Tourette's for a second. It's never happened before or since. Well, a funny funny one. Uh, when I was 13. V child. At, v child at school. It was uh, Watford Boys Grammar School. If anyone's from Watford. Ooh. And uh, I was doing like a, not a talent show, but like it was like a, we had a little band that we put together. And I did some Nirvana covers. Nice. Yeah. And I played uh, the same solo in both songs, both different songs. So I'm not a very big Nirvana fan now, but I think it was... Was there, Is there solos in Nirvana songs? There was, yeah, it was... Dan, 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 dan. What's that one? Yeah, that solo. Yeah. You I, played that over. I played that else. in Cummage. The, the, yeah, it would work. And I played the solo in that. So I played the same solo twice in two different songs. Now, would you be fired if you played that <laughs> <laughs> at, like, not fest in front I, of well, 60,000 people? The only bass solo I've got is in a track AOV off the last record. And the last time, oh no, when was it? There's the one when I ate shit on stage. I had a. Yeah, when you fucking had a fit. I had a fit. No, it was um, severe dehydration. Everyone was like, oof. How I just did wasn't. That I wasn't looking after myself. And we did, did a. It was like all these hot amphitheaters and me being. It was one of your first tours, wasn't it? Yeah, kind of. Well, was it? Yeah, kind of. By much. that, I mean like the first couple of years. We, I started doing like working out and gym in the back of the trucks and all that stuff and cutting carbs, like clever stuff. And also like sticking my head in the fire. So I think my body kind of like did a little shutdown whilst I was playing the solo actually of AOV. And if whoever, some clever clogs can find a video of yeah, me I think online. I've seen the video because I was worried about my friend. Yeah, my tech at the time, Dave, he said to me, he was like, it sounded like someone gave your bass to a child and <laughs> threw him down the staircase. And I was like, oh, okay. And I've been trying to find that clip. So if anyone... So what happened? Did you just like start freezing up? Yeah. Just, the clip exists. I've definitely seen it. Yeah, the, the hands start like... It was weird. I thought I was having a heart attack. So probably there was a bit of panic in there as well. Yeah. Which added to the stress of the also dehydration in front of so many people like yeah it, I, I always say this when you know when someone dies on stage like i think that exploited drummer died on stage or something and everyone's like oh at least he died doing what he loves being fucking terrified and embarrassed no <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. if i have a heart attack on stage let it be known that is not doing what i loved because yeah. i wasn't playing the drums at the moment i died i was freaking out about am i dying yeah i mean every show to me is i don't like walk on stage and go this is a breeze 
Do you know what I mean? It's like every show is, you get off and I'm like, straight away to the front house guy goes, how was that? How did it, how was, you know, so it's, it, do you know what I mean? It's like every night is stressful. So I can imagine, like, my head was just like, I'm fucking up. I'm playing all the notes wrong. And it was early. In, and in and it was like four songs in as well. And then, yeah, he just said, you sound like, you just got thrown down a staircase. Wow. That was it. You went to hospital, hospital and they said you got dehydration. Severe dehydration. They said... Uh, Drink more coconut water. For, no, I was... That, that that was a problem. The coconut water. Too I wasn't, much potassium. I wasn't putting enough uh, actual water. Oh, really? Yeah. So, you know, like Pedialyte and stuff like that. Yeah. Now I take Pedialyte quite a lot, but I've noticed even now doing so much Pedialyte... Oh, sounds like a drug. <laughs> Sounds worse than a joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that it's like that's not good for you. Do you know what I mean? So there's you just drink water. That's the just thing. Drink just water. drink fucking water all day. And then I just take a sachet of Pedialyte and then that just Because the set must be what, hour and a half, two hours? Yeah, an hour and forty minutes, I think. In a mask. In a mask, a In a fucking suit. boiler suit. Yeah. Playing, I, yeah. rocking, and you're walking through fire because I saw that the other day at download. I did a bit of fire. You literally I mean, just walked through it. Well, I mean, it's it's touch. It's I can feel it spitting on the back of my head, like the fuel. <laughs> Safe. <laughs> yeah, but it's are like, the masks fire retardant? Well, the last one's fire retardant on the the last record, but now I've got my own one. That's not fire retardant, and I always keep getting warned that if you caught up in fire, that, that it would melt to your face. <laughs> wow. Okay. So that's a bit worse than dehydration. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to the mask later because I do want to talk about that. But, um, so we're still on the timeline. V child cry for silence. You're a guitarist. Yeah. Guitarist. Good. That's why check I- out cry for silence. If it's on Spotify or whatever, cause it is sick. And V man played the guitar and wrote it. Who else was in it? Steve did a lot of... I was kind of like the... Uh, I don't know. I mean, Steve it, Sears, producer. Steve Sears. did. He's done some gallows. He's gallows. done... You know, he's, he's a great, lovely guy. Lovely guy. Very, very talented. Very he's talented. In, always in uh, Gold Key. Check him out if you like a bit of chilled music. It's going to be radio-heady vibes. Radio-heady. It's good. Um, yeah, Cry for Silence. There's one track... I need to check what it's called because I don't want to send people down a down the wrong path to finding it. So let me just type it in. Am I allowed to type? You can type. It's already dead air. So it's dead air. Oh. The typing, ideally with keypad tones on, so people know that's actually happening. Okay. What's so the song? The the album's called The Glorious Dead, and the song is called Beneath the Storm, and it's an instrumental because I didn't really like our singer. So I, that was like my favourite track Your already. Favourite track, yeah. But Dan Mumford artwork. Dan Mumford. Dan Mumford artwork. Legend. Yeah, he's he's a great artist. Um, but yeah, I mean, when was that? When did that come out? That came out. Oof, two thousand and eight. Right, and then you guitar tech for architects, correct? From there. No, I went to. No, who did I? I was doing like local, like gallows and stuff like that yeah. and all that. And then, but I knew architects from touring with Sixth. And I was like that at first, like Tom was like, who the fuck is this cunt sitting in the corner of the stage shredding? And like, he's not even in the band. 
And I remember the first couple of weeks, they were just like, fuck, not a couple of weeks, a couple of days. They were like, fucking idiot. And then at the end of it, we were all best mates. But that was... Uh, <laughs> That's how people feel about me as well. <laughs> Who the fuck was this guy? Yeah, it was the same time I was sound checking Dan's kit and I was just shredding on it. It was like, <laughs> I remember Dave Witt. Is that how you say his name? The guy from Municipal Waste. Yeah, yeah. I know and Burned by the Sun. Yeah. Fucking amazing drummer. Right, so he, when I was sound checking Dan's kit once at some festival, he went up to Dan thinking Dan was my tech. I was like, oh, what, ba- <laughs> what band's this? <laughs> just fucking being the techs that shred on stuff. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Then you did Architects. Did Architects. I mean, the order is very vague right we're now. Loose, we're, we're getting loosely. a loose leaf tea. Then I did a bit of sick properly. Not Teching. Ju- yeah, not just getting pissed and hanging around. Uh, but by I- this point, to, to outsiders like me, yeah. it was very weird how the best possibly possibly joint best with Josh Millen guitarist that I know doesn't really have a band and it was almost annoying just teching. I think yeah because I just got it's not I got fed up with my band I was just like I can make money and I like fixing shit now so I went down that path of learning how to fix shit so it wasn't just like oh watched a couple of YouTube videos on how to refret a guitar like I, t- I studied how to do it and then I don't know, I just felt I didn't mind. Because I kept practicing, I was always that twat. They're like, why has the fucking tech got a Steinberger? That's kind of like how I met Jim in Slipknot as well. Come like, on, we're getting to that, we're getting, we're to, getting that. to that. We're getting to that, we're getting to that. I want to build a nice sort of... Building into people it. People are there, V-child, it's 2008. <laughs> right, you're doing Architects, and then I did Architects after you. I think I did the first tour after you'd quit or something. Yeah. Um... Then you went from... Did you go from Architects to Mastodon? No, I think I went to... Was Gallows already... I don't know. Gallows was big around then, so maybe... Because after after that I did Gallows, or maybe I was, at the same time I was either doing both, and then Gallows did Great Britain. Yeah. And then during Great Britain I sold all my H-strings to fund partying that was actual nice so some shitheads got like loads of black machine H strings fuck me they'd be worth like 20 grand now. I found my insurance thing in my drawer when I was cleaning up my drawer the other day when I came home and it was like 10 grand with all the black machines yeah yeah, yeah. all the H string fan frets and all that silly so shit so how'd you meet Mastodon so I no I've got a it's got to involve Slipknot now. So Slipknot gets involved here. Yeah, Slipknot gets involved here. So I, twist. well, I've known Jim for a while, probably actually from 2008. And yes, I did. Okay, so we were doing Gallows, Great Britain. Halfway through Great Britain, I got a message from a guy called. Oh, what's his fucking name? Johnny, Johnny, he was the manager of my band and I've forgotten his bloody name. Anyway, from Wales, Johnny Phillips. There you go. Name rings a bell. Yeah, he worked for SJM. I'm sure I know the guy. Yeah. So he he rang me up and was like, hey, can you tech Coed and Cambria? 
because they were doing four nights at the Astoria in London. Chris Penny coheed in Cambria. Chris Penny coheed in Cambria. Yeah, that's that's my favourite era. But, Chris Penny, anything Chris Penny does is my favourite era. He's a good friend and he's a fucking monster drummer. He's Probably a good friend from this moment. From we're about this to moment talk in about. time, yeah. Let's go then. <clears throat> so it was the fourth day, and some guy outside was doing construction work. The Astoria on one of those, you know, the diggers. A pneumatic drill. Pneumatic drill. He went through the mains and died. The guy actually wow. died, I believe. And anyway, so the show got postponed that night and then it got moved the next day. Now, the next day was like Kevin Allen, who was actually later on, who's a good friend of mine, a tech. He became mixed tech, Mick Thompson's tech from the last album cycle. Very good friend of mine. He had to go to Australia to do a show. So he left. So I got called in to fill in. So I didn't know anyone in the band. Got there and uh, I got sat down and like, right, don't fucking change anything. Don't be a rock star and fucking think you can fix everything. You know what I'm like. Yeah, you tried to fix something. Oh, yeah. So there's this fucking ground hum on all the rigs. And I was just like, this sounds like shit. So anyway, they all fucked off. I went and did This is Coheed. Coheed, yeah. yeah. And I did a little bit of digging around. Got rid of all the ground hums. Fixed a few things with some of the guitars. Sorry, Kevin Allen. <laughs> and then... Uh, yeah, I got a call like a week later saying, hey, can you come and tech for us in the States? You did a great job. Uh, it's, on great the, job. it's on the Slipknot tour. And I was like, Jack of fucking Nakanori. Yeah, here we Upgrade. go. So, in, <laughs> in 2000, Ooh, 2008, this is. 2008, then. 2009, it was the All Hope Is Gone tour. And uh, got, got, they got me an 01 visa. Nice. For one tour? For one tour. Is the O one the one that lasts for three years? Yes. Wish and, I had You know, I've got all my music shit, so I you know, studied music and all yeah. that stuff. And I've got my oh got always oh, got he's got to he's got his You got a degree? I got, I got stuff. You got a degree in music. <laughs> I got my piano stuff. So <sighs> So you're on that tour? Yeah, we're on that tour. And then uh setting up one day. And then what I would do is I'd get all the shit done and then I'd wheel all the, the, you know, the rigs in place and stuff. And then everyone's just like fucking around waiting. So I'd grab one of Claudio's guitars and he'd just let me like shred on it and noodle away. So I was just sitting there going, did all my little... And then, you know, Jim was like, fuck is that? And I was like, oh, hey, whatever, chatting. And then literally it was like a week later, he's like, do you want a guitar? And I was like, what? And he's like, we haven't got a guitar out here and... I can see you shredding away. I'll give you a guitar. So he goes off in his rack and he just gives me one of his like prototypey kind of telly tellies. That's and nice. Go, and yeah, and he goes, there you go. And he goes, oh, I've got a case for you at the moment. I'll get it soon. And I was like, so I kept it like, it's like my little thing. It's I was like, stay the it. fuck away from it. It's my guitar. <laughs> like a dog with his dog, dog toy. This is my pint of bitter. That's fucking nice of him. Yeah, so... And then we just, you know, and you know, I played in like my band and shit. And then it came back to, he actually saw my band years and years ago. And this is a story that I want to release later on. I'm not going to tell anyone about it, but there's uh, something that involved MTV and myself, which involved Slipknot back when I was like 18. But right, but you're not going to tell the story. I'm not going to tell the story, no, because I'm, I'm not going to, I want people to watch the video. 
because there's a fucking cassette and I'm going to try and find it. Oh, so, yeah, okay. Yeah, and I'm so once I find the cassette, then I'm going to make it public. But anyway. I can imagine this is something to do with MTV2 or something. It would No, I mean, it's quite old, but anyway. And he went and see, he saw Crab Science at the Underworld, like, years and years ago. So it was kind of cool. So anyway, we would hang out, we'd chat, talk about music, and he's got a massive love for, like... British, like the Blurs and the, the Oasis and stuff like that. So we had a lot in common, and that was it. I mean, and, and we just kind of stayed in contact, and you know, that kind of like started the kick the ball in motion. Well, not really. I mean, because it was well, no, because then you're in the back of the, their mind. Yeah, I suppose it was just, oh, there's that guy. Of, you know, well, that, you know, and that's how later on in life it was. I then went on to do. I finished off with Co Reed for like couple of tours after that maybe maybe a couple of years we did and then uh mastodon they saw me i was teching I, I built these like crazy rigs for travis and claudio and it was like a 20-year rack full of pedals and i would do all their fucking twisting all the controls and like one of them had a chaos pad in there and like Wee-oo. solos and all that you know so it was that mastodon saw me at that and then that kind of pushed me over into that camp. You know what I mean? So it was... And then... It's quite important to note that your relationship with Jim mm. was 100% natural because you were... You had stuff in common. Yeah. And that was like... Because you get some people that might want to get into a band or whatever that when they meet Jim Root or whoever yeah. would be like just agreeing with everything they say or trying to have something in common, but you actually had something in common. Yeah. And I always like to say, like talk about on the podcast or whatever. Don't try and fake a relationship because it's well, not going to get... last. If you've got a genuine connection with someone, yeah. it might be what was it five years later that you ended up in Slipknot? Yeah. Because you had an honest connection. Yeah, I mean, even like now in the band and that, I am who I am and I don't, if someone doesn't agree with what I say, I'm not going to go, oh, okay. Like, yeah. It's not, I am like, I don't want to say alpha male or anything like that, but the way that I am is I stand my ground with things. If I see a different opinion or whatever like that, you know, I, I, I just, you know, I just, that's it. This is me, this is how I... Is there a funny story about you and Mastodon? About there's loads of funny stories. No, but I mean, when you first started work, working for them, I'm sure oh, there's a story about you nearly getting sacked on day one or oh, something. Oh, yeah, Brent, Brent got me fucking... He would not let me sleep. We stayed up to like 10.30 in the morning. And he was like, keep drinking, keep drinking. And I was like, oh, I can't drink anymore. Like, I need to go to bed. And like, But then that day, like, he just got fucking... He was, he was on fire. And I think he said something to me, or I was like, and it got funky, and like, fuck yes. you. And I just said, I just stood my ground and I said, this is what's up, whatever. And, you know, me and him are like fucking best mates. I do, I love it. But him. you initially I, had a fight. No, I mean, we've always had our, like, our, our different things. It wasn't like, I've never, we never like, it's never been like nasty or vicious or whatever. It's just just a couple of big personalities on one bus. It's it, that's the thing. It's just personalities, and it's two different people. The way that you approach things and the way they're different. 
you know, we'd stay up all night and I'd be fucking, I'd want to listen to Metallica or I want to listen to Pet Shop Boys, but he wants to listen to country music. Do you know what I mean? It's an argument. It's an argument. (laughs) But it does, you know, and it's, it's the way that you deal with things, the way that you are. And even though I was getting paid to be a tech to be with them, I'd still be like, fuck you or whatever it's like but that's why we're friends because i'm i am how i am yeah and you probably without knowing it you being who you are meant you missed out on certain opportunities earlier on but they wouldn't have been right for you anyway do you know what i mean if you'd like for sure yeah if you'd have met someone let's say someone that we won't talk about them or whatever but if you'd have met someone that you didn't really get on with but even if they were in a band you could have been the guy that's like, oh, really nice to them, and yeah. you end up working with them for a million years, even though you hate them, then you never join Slipknot. Yeah. Always be yourself. All right. You should always be yourself. It's, uh, it's the only person you can be. Really. Well, no, for sure, but, you know, I, it's a big industry. I've met a lot of fucking people. and You can tell a faker I can spot a fucking moron a mile away. Yeah. And it's just... And a networker all, it, or a loving network someone that's just like oh we should we should connect sometime like immediately it's, you it's, don't care about me you just want a stepping stone yeah and it, it's music I get it it's a fucking job for some people but for me I love it passionate every night I fucking play I've never like you know we always have the little joke like oh my back hurts or oh, it's gonna be a tough one yeah sure fucking with human beings but was the, it hard I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not the most athletic human being on the planet, so yeah, it does. To go from. To go cry from, from. Cry for silence <laughs> and holding guitars for other people yeah. to playing for an hour and 40 minutes in a full fucking suit going yeah. nuts. I mean, I mean, obviously it was, you got fucking hospitalized. Yeah, but I mean, you know, when you see someone like Ben Wyman, like, I love Ben, he's fucking great, and I watch him and I'm like, how the fuck do you do that? And still and play. Still play. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, that's just, that's just, I think it's genetics. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But he doesn't have a mask on. No, Not he ben doesn't. Ben Wyman in the mask. No, but. He's and we'll st- see. He's still, I've been, I've been watching his suicide, suicidal. Uh, he's in them now, right? Yeah, he's, he's not just playing for a laugh. No, I think he's like fully in them, yeah. That's interesting. And, and I watch him still in that. And I'm like, fucking hell. Is he going as nuts as Dillinger? He Dillinger's pretty crazy. Yeah, because he was in he was in Prodigy, and I think he went too crazy for them. So that's fucking sick. <laughs> um, is that all he's doing music wise? I believe so. If anyone doesn't know, Ben Wyman is the brain of the Dillinger Escape Plan. Which uh, I talk about Dillinger on the podcast all the time. So yeah, they're really good. Ben, Calculate Infinity. It's probably one of my favourites. Do you know what I found? I went to my parents' house the other day, and I found. Two perfect condition 1999. I might have actually been 2000. No, it was late 1999. Calculating Infinity Tour posters. A1. Perfect condition. I was like, fuck, I forgot I had them. And then I remembered how fucking old I am. I just remember hearing them and going, what the fuck is that? Yeah, I walked past <laughs> them playing Reading Festival and I was like, what the fuck is this? It's the best thing I've ever heard. I don't know what's going on. And then he shit in a towel and threw it in the stage. Yes, I was at that show. That was like the first time I'd ever heard of. I was just like, this guy's brave. I didn't understand it. I was like, I don't understand it, but it's the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I'm sure there's bands out there that are very extreme, but I kind of oh, I'm old now, oh, I don't like new music, but I kind of miss a lot of 
some what bands could get away with back then. I think now we're if you shit on a town now, if you shit on a town now, cancelled. Yeah, <laughs> I used to work for Watane for a bit. Oh yeah, they had some brands. and they are. Uh, I mean, when I was working for them, that was. I was. I some days I felt like just leaving, but I mean the blood, pig's blood on the crowd. Well, human blood as well was what? Yeah, I mean some kids they were saying would kind of give them like would come to shows and give them their own blood. I'm like, yeah, fucked. But I mean, I don't know if that ever made it into the crowd or whatever. But definitely did. I'm sure. (laughs) That's a massive hygiene issue for me yeah <laughs> getting sprayed with some random's blood i mean i don't want that stuff and i'm sorry if people think i'm telling secrets of people's stuff but i mean just that's not really a secret we're pretty they, we know they're pretty evil yeah didn't they have they've never washed their stage clothes yeah so they had this big flight case just full the stinky box yeah, yeah. About and this. like the moment it'd go in the venue i was just like and i refused to pick it up i was just like i'm here to restring guitars and fucking clean shit I, I even bought myself like a little butcher's apron as well. Just so you fit in. And I'd have to wear tattoo gloves just in case I didn't get fucking disease or something. Wow. They got some riffs though. They were great fun. Yeah. I can't remember if they're in trouble for anything, so I'm sort of No, I mean, they, they drank, you never know with blackmail. They drank quite a lot and they were very serious. I went to their like HQ in, in Sweden. It was like this, I think it was like on a train line or something, but it was like one of those fucking side rooms underneath a train Fucking yeah i mean of it, course you, yeah it, and it was like they turned it into their, like their black metal bar as well so like they'd have parties in there and it just stank it just stank of like metal like <laughs> <laughs> it smelled like, uh, smelled like you couldn't be any more metal about what that band was about and that's fucking cool i thought it was great and add a bit of pyro to it when they did the bigger shows it was fucking cool are they, they're still going, aren't they? They are still going, yeah. yeah I wonder if they'll do a sort of behemoth-style resurgence. Because behemoth are so fucking big now. But yeah, I mean, but they've been going forever. I saw them. They were on a few of our shows that we were doing at all the festivals across uh, this, this uh, Eurofest. And the, the cool thing about them, other than the fact that they haven't been cancelled, which is a bonus in blackmail... Uh, They've gone more black metal now, even though they're bigger. There's like the first sort of three or four albums that were super black metal, and then they went like Black and Death, like yeah. Demigod, amazing album. And is then that, now what's the, is that what's what sort of, yeah that one yeah no that's the one after that's uh, Evangelion but that's, that's the one yeah that's like pretty death metal as well. And then now they're like back to black metal, but they're fucking huge. I like it. I'm here for it. I saw they're wearing masks as well. Yeah, is it for the whole show or is it just... I think it's just the first song, but I was like, oh, masks. Which brings me to my next point. Let's talk about the mask, (laughs) okay? So, Jim Carrey, Cameron Diaz, did you design it? Was it your (laughs) choice for it to be green? No, did you design your new mask? Uh, I designed it with a guy called Richie Beckett. He's a friend of mine. Is it Richie Beckett? Yeah, Richie Beckett. We're Who, shouting out the whole of the UK right yeah, now. Yeah, Richie did uh, Shape by Fate, which Craft Science used to play around with back in the day. I auditioned for Shape by Fate. Did you? And I got it, but it was at the same time Viatrophy needed a drummer and I picked Viatrophy. Well, you wanted the... I wanted to blast, yeah. yeah. And also Shape by Fate exploded, like imploded not long afterwards. Yeah. But they were wicked. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was weird because his appearance changed quite a lot. And so I remember like bumping into him at like a Mastodon show because he was doing some Mastodon artwork. And I was like, 
oh, it's Richie. And he's like, oh, we used to play bands together. And I was like, oh, fuck, I've done it again. Because, you know, yeah. like, I've, it's not that I don't care. I just forgot. You just I meet just, five I, billion people a year. Yeah. So, and then I was like, fuck, no way, shaped by fate. And then we started reminiscing of all the shitty venues that we played and like Club Eye for Back and all that shit. They had a residency there, I think. Yeah, Club Eye for Back with an 8x10 up that fucking staircase. Was, with your rig up that staircase. Yeah, everyone hated me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah, we co designed that. Um, obviously, he did the design, the, the drawing. I'm not really much of an artist in that respect. And then someone else made it out of his Yeah, drawing. and then there's like a company that the band would use to, to, to produce the, the, the... But I'm now got to that point where I love it, but now seeing it... Look, you know, there's all very well designing something and then you put it out and you're like, oh, there you go, the whole world's going to see it. You know, you get the odd comment, someone might say, oh, yeah, it's uh, sparkly red or I don't like that or whatever, but I love it. I think it's great. But then... I, you know, I saw this gold, the gold, and I was like, I like gold now, and the gold works. You know what I mean? And then it's like that works better, and that's something that, you know, it's like with everything. Bruce, you trying to have a chat here, mate? That's my dog. Being, Sorry. Oh, he's going to come over to have a chat. You were on a roll there. Yeah. Bruce has ruined it, and then I've sort of vicariously ruined it. Um, yeah. So. Uh, gold mask. Gold mask. So yeah, and then you see photos and you see how it looks live and stuff like that. And then now you can change things or you can mutate it or do whatever you want. And I, you know, coming out the bat with something awesome, which I think I have, you know, I think it's great. I love it. Um, I it's wicked. It, yeah, and thank you. And it's, it's right on the front cover of Metal Hammer today. Yeah, I saw that. It looks great. Got your in ears in. I noticed that. I know, because we were just about to come fucking stage. Really? Yeah. I wondered that. I was like, is that an endorsement thing or is that literally no, just No, I was like, because I was like, photo now and I was like, oh, I've got my in, is it? Oh, do you want me to take him out? He's like, nah, don't worry about it. And I was like, cool. It does look, because they're just black, it looks a well, bit Well, no, like, they're geometric. You can see the geometric pattern. I didn't see, I didn't look close enough on that. I did. <laughs> trying to buy donuts. Just saw your face in the magazine. I was oh, in well, I was in the shop. Yeah, come out today, I think. Oh, I should probably buy that. Your mum will buy it. Is your mum like my mum? Yeah, she does. She watches all the YouTube videos. She's like, someone said this about you. Yeah, I'll get a text (laughs) from my mum, like, when I'm on tour. It's like, oh, I watched watched the show at Jackpot. (laughs) 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 All right. Jesus. No, yeah, No, it's been been good. I get a lot of positive comments. There's some negative ones, but that's just that's just, just the internet. You you, but then again, you can't like everything, and everyone's got an opinion to a certain. <laughs> True, yeah, but you you couldn't. It's cure, like if anyone thinks Beethoven's shit, you're an idiot. So. You couldn't cure a disease and post about it on the internet because someone would be like, "Well, actually, <laughs> well, actually, that disease is the overpopulation about that." Um, <laughs> let's do some talking about Slipknot because I imagine, although you know, I got a bunch of listeners, but. I'm going to get the maggots on yeah. here and the maggots will be like, I don't give a fuck about the late, early to late 2000s Reading and London metal scene. I yeah. want to know about we are not your kind. Yeah. And I want to know like, is it good? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, only one single that I've heard thus far. Yeah. Unsainted. 
everyone who's listened to this already knows they've listened to that song, so I don't have to go, oh, I find the breakdown was very good. Which yeah. is, it is very good. But let's talk about the recording process. Okay. Because it interests me, because Slipknot's the biggest metal band in the world. I oh, want to Metallica. know. Metallica up there as well. I'd yeah, say. but if you think about Ramstein are doing really well I really love that new Ramstein record it's fucking unbelievable it's so isn't good it? and the video is just amazing my, me and my wife well, my wife hates it because she thinks I'm joking but I think Deutschland might be one of the best songs ever written by a human being I can't stop listening to it especially when I'm going really fast in the car Like I like to put on some Ramstein do you know when I listen to Ramstein? What? In the shower, every day. In the shower? In the shower, and I fucking march around like I'm the synth player. <laughs> <laughs> i got the shower going, and it's like... And I'm like pretending I'm on a wobbly synth and stuff. I like that one in radio. Radio. That sounds like <laughs> a video, video game. It's nuts. I worked it out on the piano, and I was just like... That's a fucking... Oh, you know, that's a... The little gap for the little man. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. It's almost funny, which again, I like. Anyway, recording process. Recording process was. I just want to know is it the same? Because if you don't play to a click live, I'm thinking, is there a very old school vibe? Do you get together and have a jam, or is it demos? Well, the last record was. You know, I turned up there. Oh, we didn't really do how I got into the band, did we? Didn't we? I thought that was done. No, that's how I became friends with Jim Root. Oh, fuck. Yeah, you should probably finish that bit off before we do this bit. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) Professional. Uh, Right. Yeah, so, hold on. What happened? Mastodon, blah, blah, blah. Did all that. And then I was in... We just got back from Australia doing Soundwave. And uh, I think that was like my eighth Soundwave. That was a fucking... R.I.P. Soundwave. Yeah. Well, I I headlined the last one. So imagine that. Teched eight of them, headlined the last one. That's funny. (laughs) So, yeah. We did... uh, Got back from that. I was in Atlanta. I was living with Darren. And Darren Sanders, my tech, who's also Troy's brother. Uh, I got a call from Jim at like three in the morning. I think we was all hanging out on the porch. And uh, it was Jim. And he said, do you know any bass players? And I was like, yeah. What band? And he was like, you know what band? And I was like, what, Stone Sour? He goes, no, the other one. And I said, I'll do it. Yeah, of course you did. And he's like, well, do you know any other bass players? He's like, no, I'll do it. I think he's documented. He's got the actual whole conversation thing still on WhatsApp. Yeah, there's no way I'm giving you a suggestion. when I, If yeah. I know I can do something, yeah, you're not getting like, a fucking, I was like, I'll fucking smash this easily. Yeah. So he was like, all right, learn four songs. Someone will get in contact with you. Someone did. Booked me a flight. And I stayed up till fucking... Eight what? o'clock in the morning every day. What four songs do you remember? Well, I didn't do four songs. I oh, went and learned did. more. Oh, of course you did, <laughs> little nerdy boy. Yeah. 
So I look for every video, fucking kids playing it, stuff like you that. You would, though, if it's Slipknot. It's a Slipknot audition. I mean, I really, like, dissected every, watched as much stuff as I could, like, freeze-frame stuff and checking frets and stuff. Slowed it down on apps and, you know. I respect I, this. I, you know, I really fucking tried to go for my best. So anyway, I, I asked Troy if he could lend me his bass, and he lent me this Zon bass of his. Got on a flight. Got there, got to the audition, saw Jim, was like, hey man, good to see you, man, it's been ages, blah, blah, blah. Then, uh, so I'm sitting in, standing in the, the studio and I'm like playing through the rig, they're like, right, to dial in a sound that you want. And I think they had like some old AD orange head and a, what, uh, oh, what was that? Ampeg 8x10. I believe it's the one that I still use on the records today. And then uh, I was like, "This sounds like shit." Can I get blaming his tools? Can I get <laughs> Can I get another head? And they were like, <sighs> so they hired a Mezaboogie four hundred plus for me, which took like an hour and a half. So I'm already like probably You're annoying. Already a fucking I'm already diva, diva, princess, yeah. the child. And then I was like, I'm not really hearing the kick drums enough. So then they got in some wedges for me to get the drums through and at that point i could imagine everyone just being like who the is this a practice though it was it's not recording this was to audition yeah but is there a band playing there's a band and the band's waiting for me and jay is in at this jay's in there yeah jay's a done deal at this point i'm not too sure at that point interesting and then you're being a diva. I was being a diva. Then they got some... Brown m ms only. Yeah, they got wedges in for me. And then I was like fucking kick drums through, you know. And I'm like, yeah, ready to go. And they're like, you could just see people like, who the fuck is this cunt? Nice, but that's been your whole thing. That's always been me. <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck is... Yeah, he is good. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to say that. but um, Yeah, and then I just picked all the fucking brutal ones. You know. What did you pick? Uh, Eeyore. <laughs> it's a fucking brutal one. I can't remember the exact songs, I'll be honest, but I'm pretty sure, you know, it was uh, it was a good mix of solid double pedals and, you know, riffs, you know, like the workout stuff, the stuff that when they come up in the set, you go to a hospital. band would be like, oh, you're dehydrated. So... <laughs> And I fucking just downpicked as much as I could, fucking just, you know, steamrolled through. Where it. was this? Uh, this was at uh, Sunset Sound on uh, in, LA. in LA, yeah, in Prince's room actually, and that's where we've been. We did some demoing there for the new record and that. So. Nice, right? So that's how you joined Slipknot. Okay, yeah. so right, well, hang on. Got that out of the way. Did they go? Yeah, right. Was it really it was anticlimactic? Weeks. No, everyone was like, all right, we'll keep you around. So then what I did is, because I don't know, it's probably, I felt a bit bad because I left, you know, Mastodon, just like whatever. I flew back and they were like, why are you flying back? And I was like, I just need to do something. And I went back, took it, took as many of them I could out for lunch, said, thanks for having me and all that. I'm going to be doing this. Picked up some of my bits and bobs. They were going to ship it. Well, I was like, whatever, I'll just go over there and... And then Brent drove me to the airport, but then he pretended that his car broke down on the motorway. 
He pretended. He pretended, then he got his gas tank out. Well, that's loads of cars on the freeway trying to get past. I've got the video of it, by the Why way. If anyone this? goes on my Instagram, Why you can find said video. Why did he do it? Because <laughs> he thought it was funny. That is funny. <laughs> it is hilarious. I love that video. Um, but anyway, I managed to get there in time. By a scrape of, you know, I was like, whoa, fuck. Oh, shit. So you were trying to get back. I was trying to get back to the airport. So hang on. Do you know you're in by now? Yeah, they've said that, like, we're going How did that happen? Phone call? It was, no, we was sitting outside the house. We had this big mansion with everyone staying in it. Me, Clown, were sitting outside on a... And Jim, I think a few others. I don't think Corey... No, Corey wasn't there. And then he was... He, Clown said, right, do you want to do, do this? And that was it. And you said no. I said and no. <laughs> I'm going to go back to Crab for silence. Fucking hell. It's... Do you know what? I forget, because obviously we're mates, we've yeah. been mates for a while, but then even this morning, I was in the gym, busy fucking dislocating my shoulder or whatever I've done, mm. and fucking Wait and Bleed comes on in the gym, and a couple of boys behind the fucking thing at the gym are talking about it, talking about Slipknot, and I was like, you're in Slipknot, <laughs> that's mental, and I was like, I'm going to interview the bassist of this band right now, and there's two people over there. Chatting about it. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, every like even for me, like I'll see stuff and I'm like, oh yeah, shit, I, I do that, don't I? Is it still weird? It's it's not like weird, like I'm like a schoolgirl about it, but it's I'm I'm still like every time I see something, I'm like, oh wow, fucking that's nuts, isn't it? So I'm always forever grateful, shall I say? Yeah, it's fucking cool. I, I I'll never forget. I'm sure he's forgotten this, but. When I came to see you for the first time in 2013, I think it was. Oh, where was that? Nottingham Motor Point Arena. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Maybe your first UK Slipknot thing before download or something. I can't remember. But we went and had a look because you've got a little jam room where you all jam. Oh, yeah, that's me, right. Me and you had a little jam. And then Jim... Jim popped in. Popped in, picks up his guitar. Like, start, having, start having... I always think about this. He probably can't even remember it. We started having a little jam, me, you and Jim, which is fucking, you know, to me, that's like insane, being yeah. a little, little kid that grew up with Slipknot or whatever. But then afterwards, Jim's like, yeah, that thing you were doing with the kicks was really cool. I think if we could, like, uh, weave in and out of that some way. And I was like... You do know I'm not your drummer with, without a mask on. And uh, I'd never know if he got that joke because yeah. you laughed and he didn't laugh. And I was like, fuck. Well, does this he, is the thing. Does he I, hate me? I think as well, like, there's probably people listening to this who are big Slipknot, you know, Slipknot fans. And they're like, we might sound like the biggest arseholes on the planet, but it's just the way that we are. Who, me and you? Just the, you know, like, the, the way that we, the banter, the banter that we've you got. You sound like arseholes. You're doing the classic guest thing where, oh, I hope I don't come across bad. No, but you know what I mean? Like, the way that you, I don't know, maybe I'm... You are just, you're overthinking it. I overthink it. You're overthinking it because you're in one of the biggest fucking metal bands in the world. Whereas I am a pauper. You're not a So I can just, you know, I can just talk shit. I think it was cool. I, I remember Jim being really nice, but I always in the back of my head, I'm like, does he think I'm a twat? Because no, I made I've, that joke. He did say afterwards how great you were at drums. <sighs> I mean, it's the same as Chris Penny. He came to a New York show 
Oh, don't upstage me with Chris Penny. Let's leave upstage. it on that. Let's leave, oh, it, on. leave it on that. Jim thinks I'm an excellent drummer and he doesn't much care for Chris Penny. <laughs> <laughs> um, recording process. Yeah. We haven't even got there. So the first record we did, it was like, I did some ad-libbing, did some little bits and bobs, you know, like little bass lines or whatever. But the brunt of it, you know, is, uh, you know, Jim has stuff, Jim has ideas and... I was just like, here's demos, learn that, you know, and then we'd sit and we'd record as like mm. me, Jim and Mick and and Jay, and then Clown would be like there and he'd like... So I, you demo as in like someone has a riff and you jam for, on it? Demoing for Jay to play drums to. So you're sat in front of a computer? No, no. So like we've all got our own stations... So kind of like this, this is me, it would be Jim, and then Jay's whole kit's fully mic'd up. Yeah. And we play to him. Okay, so you are jamming. Yeah, but it's for his drums, for the main tracking for the album. I want to know the writing. The writing? Well, I wasn't involved in any of that stuff. But if I came... Oh, we're talking about the... the first record. Okay, I'm talking shit. So Can't I was just getting that record out of the way. Get that out of the fucking way. Get that out of the old way. news. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, uh, this one was started with, you know, same again. Jim has ideas of where it comes from and whatever. And But uh, Clown asked me, you know, he wanted to put my musical knowledge, you know, because I play piano and other shit like that. So he was just like, I'd like to, you know, I've got these ideas. Can you see what you want to do you know, do with it so you know fuck around with them and I worked on stuff here and that was like for about a year and we came up with a bunch of stuff and you know it was great for me it's hard to work on the text sometimes you know like if you're in a room and you go dun, 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 dun. Yeah. I don't want it like dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I want it dun, 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 yeah, yeah, you know yeah. so sometimes it, you know it's a bit of a fucking long process so uh, and sometimes it's like i don't know what you want me to do or you know because i want it to be the best you yeah. know what i mean i want to make him happy i want to but you don't want to tread on anyone's toes at the same time there's that as well yeah so it's you know so when we, we then meet up and everyone's ideas we did a lot of jamming uh, one of the track spiders so hang on now we're talking about the new one new one right so there's a track spiders on that and it's you know Jay was there, and Jim, and Clown, and me. We were in, oh, where the fuck were we? Sun Sunset Sound, same studio where I auditioned. You know, and like... A lot of memories. Yeah. But, you know, bass lines, bump, 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 And, like, Jay puts a beat to it. Groups of seven, nice. I like that. That's what I'd have done. Yeah. Carry on. So, you know, he puts his beat to it, so he's matching mine, so it's not like a straightforward, you know. Yeah. And, 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 I mean, that sounds sick. It does sound sick, but, you know, it's, you know, he matches to what, how I'm playing it. So there's that, and then, you know, Jim put some fucking killer fucking solo on it, and then it just kept evolving and evolving, and then... So it, that is a jam situation. It's jamming, yeah. And then how does that get put down into a demo so then greg who does all the the producer he'll take stuff and then he will you know he'll be like let's do it like this let's chop it up like that or why don't we try this section and why don't we do that and you know greg's such a fucking he's a master what he does greg fiddleman and 
it's the sonics that he gets and you know i was having a conversation with a company recently telling them that we still you know used guitar rig which is like fucking yeah even i know that it's like but it's like not the best shit in the world is it you wouldn't expect it to be on the record but you we did something on it that couldn't be fucking replicated and it so sounds it, great, so we put it on the record. Do you know what I mean? Oh, what? It was done in demo stage. And yeah, you, but you just couldn't recapture well, the vibe. Well, it just doesn't sound good. No I, matter know that, what you, I know that fucking feeling, especially with like a guitar effect. You'd make it on your fucking computer with whatever you've got. And then when you go to try and make it again with like thousands of pounds worth of equipment, yeah. it doesn't have the vibe no, of that moment. And that's the thing, like, we had a room with fucking crazy mics, amazing drums and stuff like that, but some demo guitar that was done on a 50-quid software. What's the part that you're talking about? Because by I, the time this comes out, the album will be out. I can't remember, but there's a, oh, no, because there's a bunch of it, there's a ton of shit, like a little clean guitar or something like that. Right, any quirky guitar might have been guitar rig you have a yeah, million people going out maybe and yeah guitar rig i think there's some guitar maybe guitar rig bass and that could be fucking wrong but don't quote me on that but i i know for a fact that we were in the studio and i'm like oh what is that is that my toner i know it's guitar that's that's fucking guitar rig di so, bass so you did a lot of a lot more writing on this one than you did on oh last yeah one. i mean we were together for a lot you know four months we were in la Four months writing? No, four months recording. Well, the writing was in included within that because we were taking developed songs in demo format, which we jammed in December. Yeah. And in 2019, we started playing those songs to record. But, you know, we were still like adding stuff. And then stuff. it changes, yeah. And then it changes Which is again. kind of what we do as well, similar thing. Yeah, it just it evolves and it keeps growing. And But what we started off was fucking awesome. Do you know what I mean? Like... The basis of it was great from fucking years ago. So now when you get to that, you're like, oh, that's a fucking killer idea. Or we'd get like Jay's drums. We'd be like, oh, instead of fucking, you know, we'll just keep it simple. And the impact, you're like, wow, that riff fucking hits way more. You know, stuff like that. And it changes the feel of the song. There's a bit of that on Unsainted. There's like... There could have been space for a busy drum beat, but there's not. There's it's just not. that classic fucking slipknot. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's, that's Greg's fucking vision, you know what I mean? And it's. So when you're tracking. Yeah. Is it drums first, everything else over the top, or do you track live? So we're tracking with Jay like like we did on the last record, the record before. Yeah. So we've got our own stations. They're getting recorded whilst he's playing to us. So that's what's giving you that push and pull thing again. But obviously... But he's, then later, yeah, the guitars I mean, are overdubbed. We recorded some click tracked and then we record some without click. And On not, the fucking record, without a click? Most, you know, some songs sounded better without a click. Some songs sounded better with a click. I think the majority is it was without a click. They felt more live without a click. Wow. Yeah. And that's that that's hundred percent listening back I could the right choice. I could totally hear it. I'm like, that's fucking goes really good then and it pulls back when you need it to pull back. So See we when we're in the studio that does happen, but it's always like I was saying earlier with me doing my click tracks live. We'd always still click track it and then we would just 
change the click speed. So it would sometimes take fucking 20 minutes to figure out what the push and pull that you want is. But I think that's more so editing is easier later on. Oh, for sure, 100%. Because we don't have four months. Yeah, because we don't have four (laughs) months in a fucking studio. I mean, yeah, and it's... it's, uh, I mean, look, the Rage Against Machine, Evil Empire, I mean, that's a live album. That sounds fucking nuts. It's the fucking best. Damn. Is that your favourite Rage album? Yeah. Same. And it's... That's live, no click track. I could be fucking wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's no click track. I'm pretty sure it is. It's yeah. just full on. And you could, that snare is just so... <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's fucking crazy. It's just... And that gives a fucking in-your-face nuts feel to the song that I feel like if they played that to... It just would sound shit, personally. Yeah, I think I'm just... As a drummer, it's so much easier to play little clip because it oh, just 100%. Takes, takes one bit away from your brain. So I don't have to worry about time. Maybe I'm just lazy. But that's what makes playing live fun. I think. I would I, love to play to a click as well, but... Yeah, I just want... My thing with playing live is like, I just want to be the best yeah. that I can be. And with but, a click, I can be. But it's that thing, like I said about Motorhead, if you took the, gave them a click, it'd be fucking shit. Yeah, not if you programmed it. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Lemmy sitting there with fucking logic out, yeah. programming it. R.I.P. Lem. Big Lem. I mean, I love that band. Fucking, I still love them, but I mean, like, you know what I mean? Right, where were we at? The recording process for that. Um... And then... Sorry, I just... I don't want to keep waving out to... No, 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 it's good. Because someone needs to keep me on track. Otherwise, it'd be three hours long. And it's already one hour and 20 minutes long. Do you normally talk about the, how long you've been doing it for? Yeah, all the time. Oh, good. And then sometimes I'll be like, yeah, it's about three hours long. And then it comes out and it's an hour and 40 minutes. And people are like, why is it an hour and 40 minutes long? And I'm like, because loads of it was crap. <laughs> loads of it was either crap or people said stuff that they don't want the public to know. I feel like this has been quite constructive I feel like this has been excellent excellent and this going to bring me we can you got anything else you want to talk about that album yeah this is the point where I oh, sort of so we had two studios cool. obviously are we in one of them right now well this is where I do my my music this is where I did some of the bits in here like fiddling around you know it's not fucking it's not Abbey Road but I mean, it does have a nice ceiling. I'd like, to hear, a drum, I'd like to hear a drum kit in here. No, this is like... Also, and then, you know, back there I've got the, the workshop where I do the guitar repairing. Yeah, Don't do that a, anymore. See a nice Dremel. Dremel! <laughs> <laughs> right, carry on. You've got two studios. Right, yeah, so we got this... It was like, you know, the, the creative lab. And that was like clowns... Well, it was everyone's rooms, but it was, you know, clowns in there doing his stuff and... Mod, he's got loads of modular synths and experimenting with top sounds and... He's got this really beautiful Gretsch kit and, you know, it was a place where you could go and that whole, I'm here, record my parts, go home. It was to get rid of that kind of feeling. It was like, let's go in here and make music, come up with shit. So me and Clown did a bunch of the in-between songs. We did a lot of synths, there's a bunch of synths and shit and melodies and the opening track, um... You know, it's it's an instrumental. It's kind of like how the bands have always started 
their the you know their album and uh you know i mean i don't want to give away what it is because i don't want to ruin people i want people to listen to listen to it and think what they think it comes from or whatever but you know we did shit in there that i was like what <laughs> is that going to be on the record yeah it made it on the record you know it was nuts it was Exper- well, in like experimental yeah i mean it's you know when <laughs> how do i describe it have you seen walk hard jimmy cox yeah you know when he Rick takes Johnson, right, yeah, yeah when he takes acid and yeah. he's in his acid stage and he's got fucking 700 people in the recording studio like yeah. elephants and stuff like that and fucking didgeridoos it was like to that. Get his vibe. It yeah. was like that, you know, and it was just like anything goes, kind of. If it was good, if it sounds great, you know, make something of it and clown, you know, that guy fucking hats off to him. Like, he was in there fucking first thing, last one out. And, you know, what he came up with and his vision of taking what we did, fucking nuts. Because so. he's, he's originally a drummer. Before Slipknot, he's a drummer, right? Yeah, he plays, yeah. It's weird how drummers sometimes... He, I don't know if he can play or just dabble with other instruments, but I'm sort of the same. I'm a drummer. I'm not I'm not comparing myself to Clown from fucking Slipknot here, but I'm a drummer. I can sort of dabble on other stuff, but I'm pretty good at having ideas as long as I've got someone with me that can carry out that idea. Yeah, I mean, he's really into these modular synths at the moment, which are those little... The little Carts, square thingies. The slots. Yeah. You slot it into a big flight case. Hans Zimmer shit. Yeah, and he's just like tweaking on that and you're playing around with that and he's got all these effects and tape machines. Yeah, you know I mean, it's like a fucking... It's, it's old school shit. Very old school stuff. Like we'd take... I'd, I'd play a fucking synth part and then it would get put into the tape machine then it would get fed through something else and then it would get the speed would be brought all the way down, but then a volume pedal would be inserted, something like stuff that I was like... Wacky. Yeah. And then you hear the sound of it, and you're like, that sounds fucking awesome. So Four months of tweaking around with stuff like that, you're going to get some good shit. Yeah. Um, and then that album's out now. Let's move off that bit. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the point where I'm like... Okay. I don't know what else I can put in, unless you want to say anything else about it. Um, no, I'm really proud of it. I'm proud of it. We've all done. Um, and then you've got a lot of touring that will happen. Now we've got loads of touring. On the, bo- on the back of that. Which brings me to my next thing. See how I've done that? Segway, yeah? Yeah. Number one music podcast in the UK, occasionally. Um, I wonder how many maggots will listen to this and don't know who I am and do actually, like you were saying earlier, think I'm an arrogant asshole. That's what I meant. It's part... Yeah, you meant me. You said not, both of I mean, even like, you know, just the way it's that we speak. It's though, isn't it? It's the way that we are. I've never, I am like this, and that's, this is what we were talking about. People think that you're a fucking stuck-up cunt or you're being a sarky shit. It's not. It's just the way that we are. It's an acquired taste. It's an acquired taste. <laughs> acquired, some people get it. Right, that brings me next, to my next thing. So you, obviously... You are English, but you are in a band what is American. Yeah. Like me. Yeah. Let's talk about that. America. Let's talk about touring America as an Englishman. Likes, hates. I love how every day you can wake up and everything's the same. Be the rider and 
the consistency of touring in America is excellent. At your Once, level, yes. Well, uh, that, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we just did a Euro tour and, you know, some days you just like, wow, like... What, they're fucking up the rider? No, not, not on our end, but like, you know, some festivals where, you know, like we, we was in Italy of all fucking places... And, you know, being Italian or Sicilian. Pretty uh, sure I've only got two listeners from Italy because I've looked at the figures before, so you can say what you want. (laughs) No, and like my missus, she took me to uh, Osteria Francescana, which is uh, Massimo Bottura's place. Or Osteria, sorry. A very posh restaurant for anyone that doesn't know that. Yeah, and afterwards got to the the site and uh, this fucking catering company gave... Baked beans with meat. So it's literally baked beans, and they put some sort of meat inside of it. And that was that was the main meat dish for Slipknot. For Slipknot, for and Slipknot. They, had, they had pasta with like just pepper, ground pepper in it, and like not the cheapest olive oil ever. Your Slipknot's that was it. Italy was rider like, is the same as straight from the so side. Italy I, rider. I didn't even have any dinner. Poor me. Poor me. I've just <laughs> eaten at a fucking Michelin, st- twice Michelin star restaurant. Three times, actually. Three, sorry. I think it's three. Sorry, I got it wrong. <laughs> um, right, so you like the consistency of touring in America. What do you dislike? Uh, wow. Well, Bruce. Hello, Bruce. Fucking hell, mate. I'm going to turn the noise gate off for that so we can get that on here. Um, he's like, I hate it when he goes to America. <laughs> yeah, he's been all right, actually. Don't slag America off, because America gets well I love America. when you slag him off. And my girlfriend's American. I live in America at the moment. Uh, it's so hard. To, I'm thinking we can relate on this. Yeah, I but mean... But your band is stratospherically more big than my band. I think some things I don't... It kind of... Everything gets a bit repetitive I because I miss a little bit of the the oldie ways you know like you can go to like Italy and you see something old or you go to Norway and there's something old oh, there's, on Euro tours there's always like oh should we walk to this cathedral but it's fucking 800 years yeah, old and I find like in America though we're always playing it's always like fucking arse end outside of town and it's a bit like oh it's another amphitheater and the yeah. nearest thing that's around is you can walk to Chipotle and that's about it. Yeah. No, you can't even walk to Chipotle. There's nothing around. There's nothing. And I know that's like, whatever, but I mean, after a while, it's kind of like, what should you do on your day off? Luckily, you know, if we're in a place where the day, because sometimes the day off, it's just a stop. So it's like the, the bus pulls in, we stay there till 12 o'clock at night and then off you go again, do the next drive and you're at the next venue. So... You know, sometimes on the day off, it would be nice to be somewhere where if you stopped, it's like... America, just that, for how big it is, though, there is, like, huge areas with nothing. Yeah. Driving through New Mexico, you can go to Roswell. I haven't been there yet. You can I've go been to, to Roswell, but I haven't, been, I haven't seen, the like, all the... You can go to Walter White's house. I'm trying oh, to think, but they, I can't remember why it is, but our routing always goes... Or routing, if you're American, goes through New Mexico, and I just remember we're like in the van for like eight hours, and there's nothing. I know that American bands hate touring in Europe. 
They fucking hate, hate it. it. <laughs> and I'm the opposite. I don't hate I touring love in touring America. Europe. I love touring full stop. And especially at a band of our level, you get looked after a lot more. Yeah. In mainland Europe and then in America and in the UK, they treat you like shit. Really? <laughs> well, not like shit, but it's like, here you go, there's some waters. Whereas Europe's like, we have put on this spread for you. <laughs> Yeah, they did. I do miss the days. I don't know why they sound like a fucking vampire. (laughs) (laughs) In Transylvania, Transylvania. (laughs) the fucking band is unbelievable. Is your band big in Transylvania? Oh, huge, mate. (laughs) Um, I I miss the days of when I would play and I'd sleep in a parcel van, post van. You miss those days. I mean, I'd love to relive it for like one day if I could just do like one day of it just and document it just just so I can show people what it was like touring just to remember what it was like yeah just so people know that it's like I wasn't just fucking oh yeah here you go you're in you Jim Clown Corey play the bar fly in Camden and then you sleep in a postal van I mean even worse venues than that like one of those hardcore all dayers where there's like 10 bands Everyone wants to use your gear because you're the only cunt there with a dual rectifier and they just use it anyway. You're talking about the world I'm still in. No, you're not. (laughs) An all-dayer. I fucking hate an all-dayer. Especially now, it's like playing last at an all-dayer, no one wants to see you. I remember once getting three Walker's Crisps and four bottled waters, which were boiling hot. That was it. That was a rider. And I mean, our bass player UK rider. went to Burger King because he had no money and ate ketchup sachets. Do you still have to go to the visa office like paupers like us or is I there do. a magic one? There's no magic one for visas. You still got to go. You still have to go to the... Well, they've moved the embassy now. It's not there anymore. Where is it? In London. They've, well, it's, the, it's kind of near there. It's not the same one. I remember the first time going in there, I was shitting myself. Even though I haven't got a criminal record or do anything sketchy. Do you ever get stopped at customs when you go in? Uh, what? Is in America? They, they ever like, because what happens Sometimes me, they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, musician. And they're like, what band are you in? And I'm like, Slipknot. And they're like, every, I've had like four times someone will go, you're not in Slipknot. And I was like, I am. Yeah, and then they Google it. And then they, they've obviously got a computer there. And they're like, oh, wow. I'm like, I wouldn't like, I mean, I've done a V, I've been vetted. Yeah. Someone's interviewed me. And I get so- it all the fucking time. And then the same, thing, even though I've been in the band for four fucking years, they'll Google it and then I go, well, none of these people are you. It's like, well, that photo's from fucking 2010. Yeah. And then like, well, why are you in this band? You're American. <laughs> and I'm like, well, because there's no fucker in America that could do it, all right? <laughs> so they had to get me. Because that's legally what has to happen in the visa process. Yeah. They need to p- prove that no yeah. one can do it better. I was just wondering if maybe it was easier for you, but it might actually be harder. No, in terms I, of people going, you're not in Slipknot. No, I mean, it, it's... I think once it's... I think I'm on my fourth O one, And like now the process is very easy. But some places, like going, flying into New York, I've noticed like if you fly into certain places, it's fucking shit. Like flying to JFK, oof. They shit, fucking, they long f- lines. They fucking hate you. Do you know what else is the real shit one? When you do the customs at Dublin. You ever do that? I can't remember. If you have a stopover in Dublin, you do American customs in, du- in Dublin it's actually kind of sick and it means when you get into America you don't it's like a normal flight you just fucking walk out really it's pretty cool but 
they vet you like crazy. Oh, because really? Those people are terrified of losing their jobs because uh, they're not in America. Yeah. They're pre-approving you to go into America, but in Dublin. Wow. So they grill you. But Do they have the same machines as in America? Everything. Ooh. And they're all American. Oh, they're all American. Oh, so it's like an It's a, literally embassy. like you're in America, but it's a part of Dublin. I remember once I... What was it? I think it was the first bit of touring. And I stuck a banana in my bag in a top pocket. And I forgot about it. And I also forgot that my passport was in the same pocket. And it was one of those army bags. So it was like sealed. It didn't like seep out. So I could get to the problem after a couple of days. Yeah. It fucking melted half my passport. And it a banana. Yeah, it what turned into this black. It turned into this like black brown, black acid. It was like four weeks. It was in there, oh, rotting shit. away. And because the bag's like sealed army bag, it like didn't fucking. And I was like, I didn't need my passport. So anyway, it ripped up the fucking the page with my V my O one on it. So we flew to Japan, managed to get there. I like okay. And then they, I was fucked getting back. It's quite back. funny doing customs in Japan because no one speaks English and they, you just have to like mime guitar or whatever. And they go, yeah, come in. <laughs> so, they, so I had to go to the American embassy and like no one was in that day. Someone came in because it was like, they fuck, I don't know how it got sorted. but Must it, have pulled some strings. Someone there. pulled some strings for me. Some slipknot strings. So we put like the two customs people on the, the guest list. They put, they put it in, yeah. Nice. And did they, they come? To go you know? back. They did come, yeah. Come backstage? No, I didn't see them. Nah, didn't let them backstage. We've got a thing, you see, so if people don't turn up on your guests, this goes out to anyone that's, if I ever put them on a guest list, if you don't show up, I get in trouble. Because at the end of the night, tour manager comes in and goes, your guest didn't show. I like that, though. That's good. Yeah. And then, like, keeps it. We could have lost. We could have made some money on those tickets. They make you feel better. <laughs> wow, that is fucking. No, it's good. Um, that's why I didn't hit you up about download. Yeah, but you can get guess. Are you there anyway? Then so. I was, but because I already knew there was probably another way in, I was like, you, you know, can always ask me. I know, but you. How many people did you personally put on the download guest list? Ten. No, more than that. Yeah, it must be twelve. More than that. Yeah. I didn't want to be just another number, so I just figured it out You're elsewhere. Just another number. Please. Just another number. Um, we're going to fucking close it out here, but something we do on the podcast, which is you can tell me your top five bands or artists of all time. Right. No pressure. No order. Uh, no order unless there is an order. No, you got like a number fucking one. order because sometimes I'll just. Put, no. Pink Floyd is, has to be on there. Right, so then we're going to pause on that. Top Pink Floyd album. My favourite Pink Floyd record. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. Uh, would you classify Medal as a record? Surely not. You're going to put that above... I really love that one. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I would, I, well, right. You must have a number one. <sighs> that, would, that would surprise me if that was your number one. It it's up be. there. It's up there. But wish but you, probably it, wish you were here or come on, that's the right answer. Or animals. Really? Yeah. Where are you putting Dark Side? I like Dark Side, but a bit obvious, a bit petrolly. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite Pink Floyd record? Greatest hits. <laughs> greatest, greatest hits. Um, I would go wish you were here. Dark Side animals. Yeah. 
and then I would almost go as far as don't care, don't care, don't care. Mm. I hate Roger Waters so much. I I like his bass playing. I think it's an excellent bass player. On on echoes where it drops the boom bap down boom down down that's fucking sick. Especially on the live says, in, the live a, in Pompeii. It says a lot when Gilmore sells all those guitars, donates all the money to a climate change charity. Yeah. Roger Waters left the UK to protest the ban on fox hunting. <laughs> That's the two people in Pink Floyd. Anyway, we done Pink Floyd <laughs> next. That's my political statement. Oh, he's so political. Politics. Oh. I've got an opinion. Go on. It's never going to change it. Uh... You need to give me four more artists. You need to give me... Okay, Metallica. Definitely. Yes! Yes! No one ever says Metallica. Metallica are my favourite band of all time. Uh, and people say Lars Ulrich's shit. Fuck off. Yeah, fuck you. This is almost a recurring theme on every episode You don't know podcast. what you're talking about. Lars right. Ulrich is amazing. And if you don't think he's amazing, Thomas Hucker would disagree as well with you. So. He's the fucking... He's the man. And he's a great drummer, so... Um, Fuck off. Right, go on. Give me Metallica albums in order. Ooh. Come on, you must have thought about it. I think about this once a day. Number one, Justice for All. Yes, we're best friends. <laughs> Justice for All, but if it was Injustice for Jason, <sighs> I don't care. I know, but <laughs> I, I do. Like, I do sounds. like it with the bass turned up sometimes. Does that exist? Is it does. Injustice for Jason. Listen to it. It's fucking awesome. How can I listen to that? that it's on YouTube. It? I think it? some clever clogs did it from get like Guitar Hero. Maybe it could be wrong. Oh so yeah, it took the bass lines. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Number two Metallica album. Uh, then we're gonna go to Master of Puppet. No, Ride the Lightning. Yes. And it's always those two for me. They swap on number two. Yeah. I'm like. I'm really in a Ride the Lightning time right now, but sometimes Puppets goes there. I'm going to say Ride the Lightning purely for Call of Cthulhu. And just the mosh riffs. Yeah. If and you took those riffs and put them in a hardcore band. Trapped Under Ice. Every song's great. I Actually, now that I want to listen to the whole of Ride yeah, the we'll Lightning. we'll do that now. in a minute. Um, right, we're two for two. Number so then, three. Then uh, Master of Puppets. Yeah. Uh, what are we at? Four? Four, you got so you got realistically, you've got two more. Black album, you're gonna put black album four, yeah. Okay, this is the only time we differ because, yeah, okay, I like Kill 'em All, I think it's a great record, but I actually prefer the black album, if I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Of Wolf and Man's probably one of my favorite tracks off of that, and then you got Kill 'em All Five, Kill 'em All Five. We're very similar, except for... I actually like Loaded as well, but I'm not putting that up in there. You didn't put it in the top five. No. You can, you're allowed to like it. I like Death Magnetic. I'd listen to the Black Album more than Kill 'Em All. So I'd yeah, say, there you go. Yeah. I feel like maybe that's true for me as well, and I'm just being an elitist little bitch. Kill 'Em All. All right, Metallica. We got two bands. Megadeth. I don't know enough to have a big conversation. Well, We've already had a conversation Rust about how I should know the Rust in Peace is the best record. Holy Wars, is that on that? Yes, it is. That is a banging song. Also, Tornado Souls, which I said earlier. I also feel like I know that song. 
It's the greatest solo. It's so good. Holy Wars is fucking sick as well. Yep. Right, okay, that's enough because I can't. Pantera. Yeah. Definitely Pantera. What's your, what's your, give me top three Panteras. Far Beyond Driven, number one. Yeah, correct. <laughs> then, uh, Cowboys from Hell, then Volga. Yeah, and then fourth would friends. be, I really love, um, say it. Oh, are you gonna say? Are you gonna say it? Are you gonna say reinventing the steel? Yeah, I was. I love it. I love that record. The There's so many fucking riffs on that record. The great, the Trav- great Southern Trenkill is great. Don't get me wrong. And Floods is one of my favourites. But but that is the best song on that. The fucking riffs on on fucking oh, I can't remember the name of it. The fucking reinventing the steel. Reinventing the steel. fucking the cowbell song. I can't remember what it is. Track three when it comes back in with the first riff, but there's just a gigantic cowbell on it. It's sick. If anyone's listening, put on Reinventing the Steel from the beginning. <laughs> and just listen, exactly listen like to the fucking riffs and get all that crap out of your head that... Give me another band. And what am I left with? I think you got... Pink Floyd, Metallica, Megadeth. Megadeth, Pantera. You got one more. Fuck... What do I listen to? I know one which is pretty left field that you love. Left field? Not the band left field, but... I'm going to say sixth. You're going to put them up there? I'm going to put them up there. Not just to shout out your boys? No. And I'm not going to say my own band because that's lame. So I mean, he's fucking lame. I'm glad you didn't say your own band. No. So I'm going to say sixth. Favourite sixth album? Death of a Dead Day. I, I don't think many technical metal bands have touched that. Do you know what? It's fucking great, but the vocals is just too much for me sometimes. Yeah, well, I just cut the vocals. It's like Necrophages. I just cut the vocals out. Oh, Necrophages' vocals are amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's the same with all death metal. Some, like, sometimes the singing just fucking rapes my mind. But I don't know if I've got a knack. I've got some ability to just... It just zone it out. It zones out, and I just listen to the music. It's not either one of the vocalists' tones. It's just there's so much going on, I can't process it out. I don't have that. I just think that like, plug-in that V-Man has in his head. Yeah, I mean, it's for some some people just listen to music and all they can hear are vocals, and that's it. You know, like some people just know the lyrics to everything. I'm just not that person. I think I've trained my brain to just. Don't, and that doesn't mean that I ignore melodies or something obviously I understand there's vocal melodies there I get it but it's like Metallica I don't know the fucking lyrics and I've got half Metallica's artwork tattooed all over my body but still what the, Metallica you got you got a fucking there's a pus head on your hand you got KH3 off of ESP Kirk Hammett's ESP it's on my hand I've got one Sanitarium it's all fucking pus it's all head pus on head. that arm isn't it Damage Incorporated that's off the Black Album I think that was uh I'm inside, I'm you. That was a random poster. And then I got Justice for All on the ribs. Wow, fuck me. And then Saboteur on the neck. Fuck me, I didn't realise quite how many you had. I like Metallica. Are you boys with Metallica now? 
No, but as a funny story, with Mastodon, we were supporting them. And Brent was like, look, come downstairs. Kirk's here. Like, I said my text's like a big fan of yours. But, you know, pop down like they want to meet you and shit. And I was like, oh, wicked. So, so I come to the front door, the, the bar, and it's like all shut off just for them. And they got like fucking big meanie security guard. And he just fucking stops me. What the fuck are you doing in here? I thought it was like some Metallica fan slipped in covered in tattoos like the guy fucking was like you're not coming in there. I was like oh, I'll tech for Brent Mastodon he's like what he's like Brent he's like yeah, yeah, yeah but then you could just see him Lars and Kirk Hammett just looking at me going hey man but Punisher then, yeah they thought, I thought they only Punisher. thought I was the Punisher but then they just was like after after I bought Kirk Hammett two stupidly expensive vodka drinks it was like Norway or somewhere and like at that Fuck time, me, I, yeah. at that time, I wasn't, for that. I wasn't making much money. So for me, I was like, oh, Paul Cook, give me a couple of drinks. Nice. But um, he never bought me a drink in return. <laughs> so, Kirk Hammond, if you listen to this, so you're not boys now. I would have thought maybe you'd crossed over and you played some shit together. No. We'd, Are we, you both? We, we don't talk. No. Are you both? Well, uh, we got that tour coming up, so hopefully we can be friends. Slipknot Metallica? Yeah, in Australia. Oh, Nat, you're going to be boys. I hope so. I'm going to play their guitars. I'll show them how to play. If you're boys with Metallica, that's unbelievable. Some guitars. I wonder if they'll remember you from that, that Punisher in Norway. With all I don't know. I always wonder stuff like that because it's like I used to work for John Five for a bit. In Rob Zom- in Well, Rob, Rob Zombie at the time. Yeah. Like, does he go, oh, that guy that tech for me for a bit, it's he joined Slipknot. <laughs> Or does he not know? Or do they not? Because I saw him the other day, like Piggy D, the bassist. I know him, and like we're friends. And he came up to me and was like, gave me a big hug. But Piggy jo- D is his name. Piggy D. Well, I call him. Well, I call him Piggles. Pig, but that's Piggy what D. I call Pig Destroyer, the band. Yeah. So that's confusing. Oh to no, me. yeah, he's called Piggy D. I call him Piggy D. And uh, he just walked past me. So, I, <laughs> well, you've been blanked. I got blanked by John Five. I have that same. To bring it back round, I have that same situation every time I see Richie Beckett. I'm really? like, you don't know who I am. I've auditioned for your old band. You should go and say hello. It's always weird. Sometimes we get that. We get that as musicians. I've toured with so many fucking people, and I know them. And I've definitely done it to other people as well. I just feel... No, I don't know. I don't. Maybe like once or twice, but the majority of people I remember... like, I'll go up to like a monitor guy that I used to work with and go, hey man, how's it going? They'd be like, oh, I thought, you, I thought you'd forget about all us lot. <laughs> yeah, I think my band was a bit like that with you as well. They were like, oh, he remembers us. <laughs> oh, so I'm, not, I'm not like a fucking... I'm not, I haven't turned into a fucking magical creature. <laughs> I don't know. You're in a fucking gigantic band. We're just, we're just having a legitimate conversation of the fact that you might be friends with Metallica soon. That's how yeah. big your band is. Yeah. That's cool, anyway. You got yeah. anything else you want to say? I'm probably going to call it there. So we We're going to call it. Sort about, we, think about dinner. We can go for a curry, maybe. Go for so a we, curry. Do you want a curry? My favourite Chinese is now shut that's down the road. I'm pissed off. Bastards. So if anyone do you want to shout them out? <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of the Chinese? They were called Imperial China, and they did the best dim, proper dim sum as well. Like oh, Chinese. I hate it when you get like a, a frozen dim sum. Give me no, a nice this was, steamed. This was proper steamed, like Hong Kong style dim sum and they're fucking shut cunts so to to round up the podcast fuck you to <laughs> v-man's old chinese restaurant what are we gonna do are we gonna go out for a curry or are we gonna get are you gonna cook i can cook if you don't want to leave 
but then you want to go I for a drive care. in the motor, don't you? I don't care. Yeah, you do have a nice Just car. Let's not talk about how nice your car is. But I did turn up and I thought, oh, female's got a new car. It's very nice. <laughs> um, I'm turning into Alan Partridge. Thanks for coming on, mate. You're welcome. The pleasure. reason it's happened so late, yeah. I have to say this to my friends, is because I didn't want to put you on the spot. On the spot? Like, as in, when I started the podcast, obviously my intention is to get my mates that are in big bands on it but then I don't want to put them out and make it feel like you have to say like, oh yeah, but then you don't want to do it. So no, I appreciate you I do think it. this is kind of funny though because this is the first podcast I've ever done and it feels like I'm talking to people but I'm not. You're just talking to me. I'm just talking to you in my f- kitchen. And this fucking aeroplane's ruined everything so we're going to end it there. Thanks, mate. Oh, that's a loud... That's a loud one. It's fucked the whole podcast. I'm going to trash the whole thing. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Peace out, maggots. <laughs>